Welcome to the Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And we're finishing up sentence of verse 5 <laughs> here on Revelation. Jesus are, Christ was... We, we are so behind on one verse per episode. The fa- This is three verses. Three I know. episodes per one verse. Faithful witness, firstborn of the dead, ruler of kings on earth. Part of the reason that we're hitting on so many themes within so few verses is because Revelation is... Dense. It's dense, but it's also packed with these themes for like the rest of the book. So rather than like be surprised when it shows up later, I want you guys to see like... No, this is how the whole thing started and where it's always been going. It's it's always cared about these things. So, he's faithful witness. We covered that. He's firstborn of the dead. We covered that. Now, let's talk about him being the ruler of kings on earth. Does it feel like Jesus is the ruler of kings on earth? Currently? Currently. From no. like a life <laughs> perspective. Okay. I think it's safe to say that the kings of earth do not follow Jesus. Right, but then what does it mean if he's the ruler of kings on earth? Because we, tell me you haven't run into people who act as though earthly kings are following Jesus. (laughs) Some people try to think that sometimes. I've heard it preached half the time from churches and church people. Especially in more recent times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think we see more and more evidence that they're not. Like, some may have tried to in the past, but like, especially those of current right now, it's nowhere close as far as I can tell. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that people who, uh, I'm not saying you can't be a Christian and end up ruling in some kind of governmental capacity. That's not what I'm saying. But like from a, like Jesus is king of rulers of the earth from the perspective of these people are like doing his job. That's where I'm like, uh, it doesn't feel like they're doing his job, you know. But then people come back at you and they quote Romans or it's like, no, no, no. Romans says that uh, God has given the government a sword and, and that God's like empowered them, things like that. And you're like, so wait, then, you know, what side of this? going on here so I think in order for a king of the earth to be having to be ruled by God and to actually be doing God's work we would have to be seeing them doing their best to make the area they rule over like heaven so in all the scriptures that we see that kind of describe like the ethics and the I don't want to say like laws of heaven, but like when we get pictures of what heaven is going to be like and what earth is going to be like once heaven and earth collide, like the only way to, yeah, well, yeah, just that. Like they would be cultivating that now, Mm -hmm. which personally, I think we all should be trying to cultivate that now. Yeah. But. Yeah, well, when I think of my own life, there are some things from a city government perspective here in Jackson where I've partnered with them because I see Kingdom of Heaven overlap, right? Mm-hmm. So like, hey, we want to give light bulbs to people all across Jackson because if we do this, they can turn them on at night and that keeps the streets brighter since we're lacking in our crazy expensive street lights. 
Um, people will be safer walking in the dark, things like that. I'm like, safety, caring about people, protection, I'm with that, you know? Like, mm -hmm. And so I become like the chair or co-chair of this event now trying to help the whole city do this. There's been other like legal things that I've had to work with the city of Jackson, changing actual rules so that we can get organizations to do stuff. Like, again, I'm partnering with the city, trying to help them see another way so that we can do that. Now, there are also plenty of things in the city where I'm like, sorry, you know, like that's not, <laughs> it's not something I agree with from a kingdom of heaven standpoint. So like, I'm not partnering with, but when I see it, I get involved. Um, and that, that would be like my way of operating. But you always see like kind of this extreme within Christian nationalism or Christian militarism where it becomes like if the person I want is elected, then God is totally in charge of politics at all times. Whereas if the person that I didn't want got elected, God has nothing to do with politics. You know, it's this weird like catch-22 is like, hang on. <laughs> Someone needs to explain what you mean by this because you can't just say it's like fully true 50% of the time. Like that doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Um, but whenever it comes up, people always quote Romans 13. So I'll read that because you've probably heard it before. Uh, Let every person be subject to governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. He does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to God, uh, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Uh, for because of this, you also pay taxes for the authorities or ministers of God attending to this very thing, so on and so forth. So this is the ultimate passage people quote all the time whenever you want someone to obey authority. And for the, the person people, that you like. For the person you like. And the one people throw out the window whenever, whenever <laughs> it's not what you want. So, well, especially because like governments can do bad mm -hmm. and oftentimes do do bad. Yeah. So, do you think Paul knew that? Yeah. Yeah? Give me an example of why maybe we should take Paul here with a grain of salt to some extent. For example, I'll, I'll give it to you. Paul ended up in prison. Yeah. <laughs> right? Did Paul do bad? No. no. Why well. did Paul end up in... Well, before, <laughs> but like when he was Saul... But here he ends up in prison as a faithful witness to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Multiple times. Multiple times. <laughs> Why? Because the government was doing bad. Right. So this is, this is where people mess this passage up all the time. Paul is writing down here like the whole... He didn't, he's not for anarchy. <laughs> it's not like God created... Paul's actually got a big... We did a whole episode on order and chaos. Mm -hmm. Paul comes back to those themes all the time. If the world is operating as it should under God, then there's some kind of order. Chaos is the opposite of God, right? So Paul is all for governmental authority, but the way in which he phrases governmental authority here, if you do bad, you should expect to get in trouble. If, if you do bad, you should know the government 
is an ordered system put in place to like take care of evil because a government if it's doing what it should do it should be promoting justice that's why it exists that's what it's here it's to stop people from like pursuing anarchy and hurting one another like it has rules and laws in place to promote good things and if you go against those good things you should know like they bear the sword for a reason now, have you ever heard of a government bearing a sword that used it to persecute its own people before? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Paul was still saying that Jesus' birth? Jesus' birth, right? Moses' birth. Uh, um, but you also have Jesus himself when he comes up in contact with Caesar. Remember what he does? He's like, you would not have any power or authority if my father hadn't granted it to you. Now, does Caesar use his power and authority in a very good way? No. He kills the Messiah. <laughs> right? So, like, and that all ends up being this whole bait and switch that God set up. So, like, I get that. But, like, Caesar had power and authority. Jesus himself recognized the only reason you have power and authority is because my father gave it to you. And then he uses it to kill Jesus. So, like, at some point we have to be like, what is this madness where people are just, you listen to authority. Like, no, Martin Luther King Jr. was put in jail. And that, like, you think that was right? <laughs> no. Shane Claiborne goes to jail on a regular basis <laughs> as a way of promoting prophetic justice. <laughs> you know, like, it's peaceful ways of saying, you bear the sword and you're using it incorrectly. If you need to put me in jail so that you will then turn the other cheek and realize what you're doing, put me in jail. If you need to persecute me, if I need to be a faithful witness and die so that you become awakened to yourself and the evils that you're committing against others, go ahead and do it. But this ridiculousness of taking this passage and just being like, authorities can do no wrong. Have you even paid attention to anything within racial justice movements? You know, like, authorities have misused it time and time again. Like, for centuries. For centuries. In every government that's ever existed on the earth. Again, the guy who wrote this went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't do anything wrong. But can you imagine, like, the people who read Romans writing to Paul in jail, like, sorry, Paul, you said that this was supposed to happen. Like, you know, like... You're in jail because you did something wrong. Paul would be like, that's not what I meant. You know what I'm <laughs> no. You didn't respect authority. You were supposed to. <laughs> if you are causing chaos in the world, you should expect that God has put order in such a way, if it's promoting justice, hopefully, that you will run into problems in your life. That if you are in the mafia, you should expect that God has given the sword that it should uh, not go well for you if you don't change your life around, right? But I mean, it's weird to think of that in context of Genesis, though. Flipping back to some of our previous episodes, like, how many times did Abraham, you know, lie to authority and get away with it? Mm. Or Jacob, get away with it? Like... Getting away with it doesn't mean it was the right thing to do. I know, but it was still just like, it's sad that even though, like, we want there to be retribution on governments that are misusing stuff, like, it, they don't always get caught within one generation. 
Right, and God also is a God of grace and forgiveness, so it's not like God's just like, from above, like, I put that government in place because I saw that, <laughs> you know, like, it, like, there's grace, there's understanding, there's helping, but there's also this, like, hey, found out that you've just been abusing someone over and over and over and over and over again, like, we have things like CPS in place because justice needs to be pursued and there needs to be, um, there needs to be, you should be afraid if you are doing bad things because that's what government is supposed to be doing if it does things right. Does it do things right? No. And this brings us back to Revelation. <laughs> Revelation. Jesus is the ruler of kings on earth. Guess what the kings on earth are pictured doing through the rest of Revelation? Failing. Not even failing. <laughs> they are literally straight up called Satan. <laughs> like, it's not... There's no, like, like oh, I could maybe read Satan into... No, it's just like, and then Rome rose up, and the emperor rose up, and, and the priests of the emperor rose up, and they were Satan. Like, it's just pretty much like the beast... Satan, the kings of the earth, the prostitute of Babylon, all of that is pictured as, as a chaotic government, chaotic kings, chaotic citizens of those governments doing whatever they want. And all of that is pictured as chaos. It's pictured as Satan. It's pictured as following a false kind of wisdom that the world teaches instead of following Jesus. So they became Nazgul. Sure. I'm not up to date. The nine kings of men. No, you I, should know this. I one. know who it is. I don't know Tolkienology enough to know what analogy you're doing here. Well, just like they turned, they were kings. Oh, okay. They got turned. Mm. They became un under the ruler of a false. Yeah. Yeah, no, actually, that was a good analogy. That was. I'm very proud of you right now. Thank yeah. you. So the Nazgul is essentially what. Uh, like I'm like no no. <laughs> That's one of the best ones I've had. Sorry, I just saw like the shallow meaning of it, and I was like, "Okay, Casey." But no, actually, that went deeper than I expected. Yeah. So, your Lord of the Rings reference works out here. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of the thing with the um, all of the systems of the world. The way that Revelation paints it is, it's all corrupt. It's all falling apart, and you can only be faithful to Jesus. And if you get tangled up in this web of, of all this other stuff going on, you're going to find yourself in the ultimate judgment at the end. You know, like John is going to be very urgent about come out of Babylon, like leave that behind, just follow Jesus. And like, like we said earlier, I think you can do that. Like we live in Babylon right now, right? We did a whole episode about Joseph living in, in Egypt, which was a chaos world, a chaos government under a false god. Daniel living in Babylon, which was a chaos world, a chaos government under a false god. Now we have John living in Rome, this chaos world, this chaos government under the false god of all their gods like Zeus and all that, but ultimately the false god of false gods, Satan, ruling over all that, who Satan just kind of takes on all these different forms throughout history. He's called Beelzebub in the New Testament, which is literally a play on Baal, Baalzebub, right? So it's like Satan always has these like big roles of rising up as a, another false god. And when he takes over, he's always got his puppets 
handling all these different things. I'm not trying to say that governments are like always going to do evil. I'm not trying to say governmental leaders are pawns of Satan, but the way in which John's going to picture these things is like for anyone who's not got their eyes directed to Jesus and living by his kingdom and trying to bring Jesus' kingdom into the worlds in which we live, we all can be, just become marionettes serving the false gods and doing their will, ultimately going so far as to crucify our Savior because of the powers that exist exercising their powers wrong. So when it says that Jesus is the kings of the earth, it's not wrong. None of them are above Jesus. None of them are... Um, in charge of Jesus. None of them can beat Jesus, overthrow Jesus, none of that. Jesus is the King of Kings, right? But um, that's not to say that Jesus is the ruler of the kings of earth in the sense that, like, all the kings do is bidding. <laughs> very clearly, since the very beginning of the Bible, they do not do his bidding. And the rest of Revelation literally is going to make that point so in your face. That you can't miss it. So, anyways, any final thoughts on that? We just always end up in this weird American uh, paradigm of if someone we elected is in charge, it's all God. <laughs> and if not, it's all Satan. Whereas from a John perspective, it's like, no, all that stuff is wrapped up in Satan. And you'll get wrapped up in it too if you're not careful. So, thoughts, thoughts, final points? So what you're saying is politics equals Satan. No. <laughs> Not what I'm saying. <laughs> Easy to take that. If you just read Revelation, you might go to that point. But if you're reading the Bible all together, you are able to balance John out with all these other portraits of, okay, government's supposed to be good. It is corrupted. How do I find my balance of being involved and, and you know, <laughs> also pulling away? So... I could say controversial things just to close it out. <laughs> <laughs> I think we already did. <laughs> sure, I'll end there. So, like, for example, I go to a city council meeting to try to change rules. I'm trying to get involved. But I also walk out of the room when they do the Pledge of Allegiance because I don't pledge my allegiance to America. I pledge it to Jesus. And I, I, I am uncomfortable saying those words. Like, I... I, I don't pledge allegiance to America. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb, you know, to Jesus, to, to follow Him. So, like, even in the same setting of being in the same room, <laughs> I'm playing all these things of, like, I have to use the bathroom at this particular moment. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back now. <laughs> okay. All right. So, your thoughts, of course. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe down below. Let's see if you can beat me. The first comment, or if you want to rag on politics, comment down below. Oh, we might get a lot of comments in that case. Thanks for that. <laughs> and feel free to join us on the Discord. And we'll see you there.